This week's episode is brought to you by SketchWallet. SketchWallet is excited to announce that their brand new, beautifully made canvas option is finally available and flying off their virtual shelves. Not sure what a SketchWallet is? Well, it's a high quality, portable wallet for artists on the go, designed to carry a mini sketch pad, pencil, and other wallet items. Haven't seen the canvas or classic leather sketch wallet yet? Head to sketchwallet.com tan to see all of their durable art supplies for creatives on the move. Again, that's sketchwallet.com T-A-N. This is the Animation Network. With this podcast, you get to tune in every week to hear top industry professionals in my network discussing network animation. Our goal here is to bring you effective tips, tricks, secrets, and practices for breaking into and navigating through the current landscape of TV animation. I'm your host, Chris Wimberly. Thanks for tuning into the network today. Yeah, welcome back, welcome back, networkers. This is episode number 96 of the Animation Network. And before we dive in, I just want to thank you all so much for your patience because it's been very busy around here, lots of new things going on, which of course equals lots of stress, but I'm super excited for everything that's going on. Um, so sorry for the crazy delay in this episode. But, uh, but we're in the home stretch, and I got some very strong episodes to send your way. So those will be coming all down the line, uh, just like we promised you. Uh, just as a reminder, even though we are closing down the Animation Network, uh, you'll still have a chance to see us at the Ground Zero Animation Expo in Orange County in June. Uh, so we hope to see you there. Uh, all you got to do is just be sure to check out all of the info at GZA Expo. Com. Um, and if you've never been, then you should definitely go take a look at the website just to see what's going on and what you could potentially be missing out on because it's really great stuff. It'll definitely be a huge event with each passing year. This thing's just going to keep growing and excelling. So you definitely want to make sure that you're checking out this event. So let's jump into today's interview. I'm so excited for this one because it took far too long to happen. Um, so without further ado, Let's check out episode 96 with Cassie Soliday. All right. Well, um, then let's do it. I can't believe this is finally happening. Mm. It's here. Yeah. And it only took <laughs> almost 100 episodes. Almost. Almost, 96. but not quite. 96. Yes, you will be episode 96. Um, so let's get this show on the road. How about? Um, so first of all, how are you today? A um, little sick, a little under the weather, but feeling a lot yeah. better. I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm very glad that you came in. Thank you for doing that because yeah. it's been far too long yeah. that we <laughs> have not done this. So thanks for making the um, painful exception this time. Um, thank you. All right. So um, you know what comes next. You've, li- you've heard this podcast once or twice, right? Yeah, maybe so, once. <laughs> at least once, yes. <laughs> Can you go ahead and um, introduce yourself to the people that are listening? Yeah, I'm Cassie Soliday. I'm a script coordinator on Disney Junior's Puppy Dog Pals, which is made over at Wild Canary Animation. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's real good. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, obviously you and I have a very strong rapport, which I'm sure we'll cover at some point during yeah. this episode, this interview. Um, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. So let's 
back up a little bit. Let's start back to when you were a young, bright-eyed, and bushy-tailed Cassie Soliday. Can you talk about um, your bio, just like a brief summary, kind of recapping when you left high school, getting ready to um, go to college, and then into your big break of animation? Yeah, well, I always knew I wanted to work in animation, so I was looking at colleges for animation and ended Mm -hmm. up going to Columbia College, Chicago. Mm -hmm. And while I was there, I also took like improv and sketch comedy, comedy writing at Second City. And I also like worked in theater around Chicago. Um, Afterwards, it was a bunch of internships. And uh, eventually I got an internship with Nickelodeon, which brought me out to California. And I consider that to be my like start down the actual path. Mm -hmm. Because before that, I was just trying to be a well-rounded like artist, you know, Mm. like it just seemed like an impossible kind of um lifestyle because like i knew so many people in chicago barely making a living doing what they wanted to do with their life so i was like well if i do a little bit of all of this that i'll <laughs> always be able to get a job <laughs> that's that's pretty good okay yeah so i took pretty much the opposite of what they recommend which is focus <laughs> sure so since then it's been trying to narrow it down to exactly what i want to do sure um yeah and learning that 2d animation was no longer really a viable career in california was really hard Mm -hmm. so after the internship with nickelodeon it was just kind of figuring out well how do i stay out here it was expensive to move out here just for that internship and um i got a job at disneyland um just in stores as a hostess i forgot about that yeah (laughs) and i actually ended up being a sketch artist very soon after i started because of my background and uh, i loved that job and it was actually really close to where you were working i guess because like Mm -hmm. but i met i met you like after you had already left (laughs) as your internship yeah yeah well yeah we met yeah i met you when you were at nickelodeon did we yeah i had lunch with you and you looked at my portfolio Oh my gosh, yeah. you're right. <laughs> yeah. How did you were I forget a PA. that? You were a PA at that time. How did I? F- yeah, because I had just left. Uh, or I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, wow. How did I forget that? I don't know. It was pretty forgettable, I think. I don't no, know. no, no, no. Well, no, it's... I mean, like, there's just so many people that go through the internship <laughs> program. I'm not saying that I'm lame. I'm saying that there's a lot of people that you meet. You yes, know, yes, yes. That yes. go through there. Yes. But it's just, so it always blows my mind that, uh, sorry, I don't mean to derail your story. No but way. Your origin story. I can't <laughs> wait to get to the part where you were bit by a radioactive animator, mm. and now here you are. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I always forget that we had these kind of like weird intertwining paths, like working at Disneyland and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, getting into the internship. Um, and I, like, I do remember you there. I don't remember the lunch part, but I absolutely remember you um in in the internship program so what year was that that was 2011 so actually you had already left disneyland because i started there after the internship yeah and then i so 2011 was when i was like pa by day and storyboard revisions by night Mm -hmm. um on spongebob so uh maybe that's why i felt like i was cool enough to Look at your portfolio. I don't really know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hopefully I told you something useful. I don't know. But Yeah. Um, you were very kind. There were a lot of 
harsh portfolio reviews I got that weren't as constructive as I wish they were. Mm. Like they were honest, which I appreciate, but the constructive notes you gave me really helped. Mm, constructive notes. Okay, that that yeah. sounds like me. Yeah, That's and good. I think it was because you, you were like in it. So like mm. you were being constructive yourself, mm. you know, because you yeah. weren't a working, well, like you were a working artist, but like yeah. that wasn't your full time yet since right. you were doing it at night. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, cool, man. All right, well, sorry, so go back. So go ahead. Mm. And, was that the end of your... Uh, pretty much. I like, I worked at Disneyland for three years, you know, drawing Disney characters. And then I uh, was a production coordinator on Nickelodeon, or yeah, Nick Jr.'s Fresh Beat Band of Spies. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Disney on The 70, which our paths crossed again. Yep. We worked on that show on second season. And now, and that's where I am now on um well that brings me to where i am now on disney jr's puppy dog pals over wild canary it's a pretty steady stream of work yeah right on i'm really employable (laughs) you are let's not forget that i hope that is the the top line of your um cover letter (laughs) i hope everyone (laughs) and the last line of your cover letter (laughs) yes both um no that's great and i yeah so i do remember a lot of that um because contrary to the joke we were making you you are very memorable as a person um i just didn't remember that i had sat and looked at your portfolio and all that stuff yeah i've improved a lot since then thank you <laughs> i i agree with that too. okay so um you went to school to be some super well-rounded very eclectic and deep artist that was extremely versatile like the swiss army knives of art but you like you said earlier you're in um you're a script coordinator now so I know that that took going through production so can you talk a little bit about um how that worked going even though you went to school for art how you got into the production route yeah well at Columbia they're they're really good about because animation is just one part of their film program they often refer to it as the stepchild and Mm. i know i'm leaving redheaded out because i take offense (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even go there but i'm glad you did that's funny someone is gonna go there i'm sure Sure. but they would often like have to fight for all their funding right but i was able to take all these film classes and all these production classes Mm -hmm. so i made a ton of films and i got live action work under my belt so like i knew what it took to be in production I had experience stage managing in theater so all of that experience helped me get my first production job like I I was really I had been applying for PA jobs and I got a coordinator job like you know without having to start as a PA which I was really proud of myself for yeah that's pretty impressive (laughs) um but I mean you're like when you come out here and you don't really know anyone and you're just looking for a step in the door like production is very appealing you know, and I felt like I wanted to be in animation since I was like five, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so I was ready to do anything. And although like I remember feeling that way, <laughs> I recommend people now like mm-hmm. don't do anything, you know, but, you know, when I graduated school, I wanted to be an animator, like a traditional animator starting out in like cleanup and working my way up to assisting in betweens and then animating eventually like 20 years later or whatever hopefully mm-hmm. sooner but in my dreamland by at least 20 years <laughs> yeah, yeah and that was that wasn't out here in LA that you can't really make a full-time living off of that anymore mm-hmm. so being in production was actually the best choice for me because then I could see what other jobs are out there in animation Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Um, and as 
you and I have discussed before, there's a lot of different feelings that kind of are floating out there in the industry about if you want to be an artist, but you take the production route and whether that's actually a good thing or not and, you know, all that kind of thing. But I feel like what you just laid out there was the best plan for you. And obviously it worked because you've built a career on it. Um, you still produce artwork. You're close to the environment that you wanted to be in. I mean, that you're not close to it. You were in the environment you wanted to be in that you said mm -hmm. you saw yourself um, as a kid. So, uh, yeah, I think it works and, and it makes perfect sense to me. So now that you've been in the industry for, uh, let's see, you said since 2011, right? Mm -hmm, like the industry out here. Yeah. So was that seven-ish years? Um, yeah. What three things might you um, attribute to your survival um, out here in Burbank land? I would say hard work, ability to adapt, and enthusiasm. That's what's worked for mm. me. I can, I can definitely see those about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't work hard, they can easily find someone else who will. And yes. um, also, if you don't work hard and kind of slack off, you are not going to be anyone's favorite. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they will not remember you when they need to fill a position in the future. Right. Um, like, it's really easy for rumors to fly around. I mean, true rumors and fake ones. But, um, yeah, things get around this small industry for sure. Yeah. And then uh, ability to adapt. So on every show, and this is definitely true for production and probably very true for artists as well, is that there's a lot of personalities that you have to work with. And early in my uh, career, I would wonder why doesn't all of these, why don't all of these shows have the same process? And in a way they do, but sometimes like, oh, we, we send a V1 and V2 to Disney and then another show will only send like a v1 or something like that you know like every show is version. a little bit different yeah. and it's based on the higher up creatives yeah. and how they want things to run yeah um and it's very interesting seeing how all these shows work because of that but you as a as one person on a group in a group of many have to figure out how to be in this new environment mm -hmm. and so not only does the job usually evolve as like hiccups happen or new new animation studios are hired and like everything is always changing, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. evolving. And so you as a person need to be able to like be willing to work with someone who's difficult to work with or someone who's a little chatty and you have to figure out how to like, I, I can't talk to you right now. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's have lunch. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, just this thing that you weren't even hired to do gets plopped on your plate and you can't just be like, uh, uh that's not my, my job description. Yeah, right. You just have to figure out how to go with it. Cause that's what's going to get you more work as well. And also it's going to give you less of a headache to mm -hmm. argue, argue with your producer over it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Never want to argue with producers. No. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, did you, did you talk about the third thing? Oh, right. That was only two things. Yeah. There was um, a third thing you said that right. was, uh, enthusiasm. enthusiasm, which I remember cause I'm like, oh yeah, that's definitely you. <laughs> yeah. 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 So enthusiasm, I mean, Everyone would prefer to work with people who are happy or positive or enthusiastic about the show you're making or the job you're doing. Um, like, I've pretty much loved every single job I've had. There's been downsides to all of them and, you know, insanely uh, high, high upsides, too. But um, ultimately, you need to find something 
that makes you happy about every position you're in. And usually for me, like seeing where it fits into the bigger picture gave me a lot of joy. Mm -hmm. Like on the show I'm on now, uh, Puppy Dog Pals, like it makes me ridiculously happy and I'm often crying or like giggling to myself in in my little corner of the office. Mm -hmm. It's just so freaking cute. (laughs) (laughs) It is very cute. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Right on. Yeah. I I mean, I agree with each one of those because... I mean, I try to embody those myself. I feel like it's kind of across the board, no matter what job you're doing in animation, they all kind of bring out the same type of personality, or at least the people who survive the longest kind of embody those types of things. So I'd like to think that that's me too. Yeah. Anyway, all right, that's great. That's great stuff. Now comes the part I promised you we'd get to, Mm -hmm. which um, I want to sort of dive into how we know each other so well our fantastic rapport that we have (laughs) um obviously you are part of the animation network um even though this is the first time your voice has been heard on the (laughs) podcast (laughs) actually no second because we did that little oh yeah the the temporary uh hidden jewel yeah yeah launch of the newsletter (laughs) that's right um but that that brings us to what you do for the animation network. So can you talk about your role a little bit? Oh so yeah. That people who don't know what you do can find out. So I'm the editor of the newsletter mm-hmm. for the animation network. And it's this bi-weekly newsletter that I curate and uh, just launch out into the ether <laughs> via mm-hmm. MailChimp. Um, and it's full of like uh, pro advice and just advice on like learning more stuff about specific TV animation, like pipeline and how productions work and what you need to know as a character designer, a storyboard artist. Like I've went through a bunch of different topics over the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and also any cool links I find I usually post on there or events. And it's just kind of a smattering of things mm-hmm. I find interesting about our industry mostly that um, are geared towards what like people talk about like on our social media or mm-hmm. at our mixers right yeah and um i think not just you but tons of people in fact i can safely say hundreds of people <laughs> that subscribe to that newsletter find it interesting too i mean we get fan mail all the time that um thank us for what you do in the newsletter and They'll say things like, even when I talk to people out in Burbank, and they're like, oh, man, I really love this one thing, whatever, that they saw in the newsletter. I'm like, well, that was Cassie. I didn't even know she was going to do that until she's (laughs) like, hey, I'm going to put this thing in the newsletter. Yeah, and I think Um, that says a lot about you trusting me to write whatever I feel like. (laughs) No, I did. I I always did. I mean, there was um, a pretty um, hearty back and forth beforehand at the very beginning to say, like, okay, this is what the newsletter is. This is what it's not. Let's stay somewhere within that ballpark, but it's up to you, you know. I trust you because of that well-rounded artist thing that you were, <laughs> that you are. <laughs> I was like, you'll figure it out. And I felt like you would have a pretty um, strong writing voice, even though I hadn't really read a lot of stuff that you had written, mm-hmm. just um, things that, just in conversation, I could tell that you would be a good uh, newsletter writer oh, so thanks yeah. <laughs> so good I'm glad that I'm glad that um, worked out because you brought so much to the newsletter so on the microphone I want to say thank you for your service <laughs> to the you. network yeah <laughs> and everybody else thanks you too 
Um, cool. So moving forward from that, um, you very slyly mentioned, very briefly mentioned that you have a <laughs> podcast as well. And I don't want to let any time go by without um, making sure that we get into that a little bit more. So can you talk about your podcast? Of course. Uh, so I run this podcast called Ink and Paint Girls. Uh, it's where we celebrate women working in animation and uh, we explore female representation on the screen and behind the scenes. So meaning, in I don't have any episodes up about this quite yet, but we will be exploring like, um, like Tinkerbell, like the evolution of Tinkerbell through di- like through movies and then TV and into books. Uh, same thing with like the princesses and Betty Boop probably and uh, history profiles of, you know, female artists um, that don't get as much recognition as like the nine old men yeah. or even Mary yeah. Blair. Mary Blair is probably like the biggest female icon from animation history. Right. And so um, it's been, I think, because I started my podcast probably like six to eight months after you started the animation network. Mm. And I actually remember, cause I had two episodes uh, recorded and I was asking you, I was like, I don't know, I don't wanna be called like reverse sexist. <laughs> cause also like on the few animation podcasts that I did listen to, not yours, yours you were very good about uh, interviewing men and women pretty regularly back and oh, forth, but you. there's a lot of other podcasts that it's very heavily swayed towards men Mm -hmm. and if they do interview a woman it's like oh what does your boyfriend think about that or like oh wow wow, you're so pretty like I just like yeah I know I've heard it oh my god (laughs) yeah and like I I do like those podcasts but like it just drives me crazy when I hear that it's like let's focus on something else um but there are some things that I want to know as a woman in animation or just a woman in life. <laughs> sure. Like, how can I as a woman just be in animation? And so for other women who are, like, killing it and, like, also, like, struggling to even continue killing it, like, how are they doing it? What can I learn from that? And how can I share it with others? Mm-hmm. So that's where this podcast grew out of. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. And it's not just you anymore, right? It's uh, not. It's growing. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's growing. We have Val Patron. Uh, they produce, they help me produce. They run all of the social media um, and uh, they kick my ass when like I take longer than two weeks to post anything because I try to do every other week because I myself am trying to have a career that's not a podcaster. <laughs> like it means a lot to me, but I also have a, a career I want to make happen too. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so there's Val and then there's Katya Bowser, who's a listener of of the animation network yeah she's great yeah she's awesome and she's going to be val is great too i know yeah (laughs) i should also say val is great yeah val is amazing okay go ahead and um so katya is gonna be uh doing some parenthood episodes with me where we talk to working mothers Mm. um because there are some some things that go along with being a mother in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into that <laughs> on the podcast. But sure. um, also Rebecca Nelson, oh, another avid TAN oh, listener. Yeah. I love her. Um, she's helping me with um, history profiles. So right now we're working on Mary Blair, of course, just to ease into the history thing, uh, but also Hazel Sewell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're really excited to uh, produce those episodes and get them out there. And um, also Brianna Williams is uh 
is helping me as well. She's going to be starting her own podcast. So she's co-hosting a few episodes with me Mm -hmm. uh, to kind of get practice, but also just help me. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah. Plus, like, also, like, she wants to be a story. She is a storyboard artist, but she wants to break into the industry at a bigger studio. So, like, whenever I interview a storyboard artist or a revisionist, she's been she's been co-hosting because she's going to ask way better questions than me because I don't. I'm not looking for a storyboard revisionist job. You know what I mean? Sure. So I've been kind of thinking about that as well. Sure. Wow, that's good. That's good foresight to have and to think about that those kind of angles. But um, so your team is even bigger than I realized, um, which I is pretty cool. I don't talk about my projects very often with you, I guess. <laughs> uh, no, because I had to pull your teeth to, or I guess it's like pulling teeth. I don't have to pull your teeth. Don't touch my teeth. But it's like pulling teeth <laughs> to get you to like tell me like if there's anything that I can maybe help you with or whatever. I'm like, you always help me. Let me help you. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Well, oh. I have to figure out what because like I have so many goals and so many things I want to do sure. that like which one do I ask you to help me with that will be useful for you, your time and helping me. Oh, don't worry you about my I mean? time. I just want to be able to pay you back. So uh, that's just hire me as a writer on your first show. <laughs> okay, I'll make sure to remember that one. Well, let me write it down real quick. Um, so moving forward then, um, what do you think might be like two goals of Ink and Paint Girls? Two goals. Um, I would say I'll do one goal for myself and then one goal for what I hope the audience gets. Um, one goal for myself is that like with the parenthood episodes, like feel confident enough to even start thinking about starting a family with my husband and feel like I can continue with a career and really be able to thrive in the way I envision my life going in animation. Uh, For my audience, I also hope the same thing, to be quite honest. Like I hope that if someone, because I make, I basically make this for my college self. Like I was reading about all these men, like really like like just like killing it. I keep saying that, but like they were really thriving, you know, back in the day. Um, And to find a woman that was like talked about or left a legacy, it was very hard to find. So I hope that someone just coming out of college or in high school thinking about going down an animation route or just any creative route, really, I hope they see that they can. Like it's not just like we're not just getting into the industry. Like there's been women here all along. Like. Mm -hmm. You know, like there was Wait, definitely, there has? yeah, there has. I'll I'll name a few for you later. Uh, that's okay. I know several. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they've been on this podcast even. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, but I I also mean like just in history. Sure. You know, there's a lot of women that weren't credited. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. This is why I wanted to have you not only on this podcast to like talk about Ink and Paint Girls, but also have you part of the Animation Network because you have this whole extra part of, like you said, with Brianna helping you interview artists and storyboard artists specifically, there's gonna be um, a a deficit in your knowledge or your interest maybe even sometimes that somebody else can help fill. And I feel like that was absolutely you for the Animation Network. So it's good to hear about your projects, even though it takes you being on my show to tell me about your projects. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You just have everything on your plate, so I'm like, I'm not going to tell them. No, no. I know. I, people always tell me that, and I'm like, no, I care. I care about what's happening with everybody. I know. But also, like, in, I mean, 
I, I do this a lot where I belittle what I'm doing to like support someone else. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. In a way, I'm embarrassed that I that I do a few of my projects, which is stupid. <laughs> yeah, because I yeah. love them. I don't know why I do that. Yeah. I guess I'm worried about what people will say or what you would think, and I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you wouldn't be an artist if you didn't think that way. I think. I guess that's many true. artists feel that way. I mean. I don't want to go down this road, but yeah. <laughs> just to kind of crap, cap this off or bring some sort of legitimacy to it, that's why there's things like Instagram, because it's a nice, easy way to get a quick boost, self-esteem, confidence, whatever you want to call it, because you put something out there that you're vulnerable about. Maybe some people push this little tiny heart icon thing and it makes you light up. You're like, wow, I did it. Yeah. I made something <laughs> that made somebody spend three milliseconds to double tap or press a button so Mm -hmm. whatever anyway (laughs) anyway uh, (laughs) I don't want to go down that road too much though so since you've done this fantastic podcast that you worked so hard on uh, what do you think maybe are two things that you learned through your podcast I learned that there's no such thing as making it you're just consistently making it. <laughs> uh, define making it. Making Not making it. a podcast, but making it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It. Not making the podcast. It's like making it as in, I'm there. I've arrived. This is this is my dream. Yeah. Because literally your dream might end six months later, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Don't I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> I know you got it. Yeah. But that, that was interesting. And um, yeah, and I learned it for myself in my own journey, but definitely hearing other women say it, because like when you go through something, you're like, I, am I all alone? Like, is this the way it is? Or you think that you're like this anomaly, but then like through interviewing all these women on my podcast, like it's like, no, that's like, that's like a, a universal truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like I sometimes think, and like this is like kind of, I'll make this quick. <laughs> sure. You know, sometimes I think about these people who have had like 40, like 20, 40 year, like stints at Disney animation in their heyday and now like they're not doing traditional animation anymore like what do you do then you know what I mean so like although I love working at like Disney or like well you know Wild Canary Nickelodeon and everything it's like I have to take care of myself first you know Mm -hmm. so like I always have to have something on the side always be thinking about the future but also enjoying my daily Mm -hmm. obviously so yeah those are the kind of the things that I've learned yeah that's good all right well dang i can see why uh having your podcast is important then to not only people listening but to yourself and to mm-hmm. your college self as yeah. well <laughs> that's good stuff um so let me ask you this what what do you think is one different thing you learned uh through your role on tan different than what you learned with your podcast i think that we need to create with someone in mind whether it's like our younger self or the community out there in animation or, Mm -hmm. you know, the two children that are in preschool in front of a TV and their parents just need 15 minutes to read their newspaper if they read newspapers anymore. (laughs) Like, Sure they do. Yeah. On On their iPads. On their iPads. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I don't know, create with someone in mind through the animation network. It's been this such a warm and inviting community you know, mm-hmm. and it's been really amazing. Like the kind of vibe that I get from the mixers that we threw is just like nothing else like it. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. Everyone yeah. like it wasn't 
Although I've been to a lot of networking events and they weren't exactly sleazy. I'm going to use this very hyperbole (laughs) phrase, (laughs) but it felt sleazy because I was just like selling myself or people were selling themselves to me. And there, although they, we were all doing that still, it was like, we also cared about each other, even though we just met. I'm not sure like how to explain it, but that's how I feel. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's so good. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one because I mean, we're, very fortunate to have such an amazing audience because yeah everybody's so excited and so positive and so like you said warm and inviting I mean it's crazy like I'll talk with two people that are both um, big fans of the podcast and everything and well, and then I'll find out that they know each other, but they only met each other because of the podcast. And then they That's became so cool. friends. And now, like, they're starting their own podcast. Some of like, it, it's just crazy, like, how tight knit of a community we created. So, um, so yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying there. <laughs> All right. I'm, I really only have just a couple co- questions left for you um, that you probably are no probably know that are coming because you've listened to this before so I wouldn't be surprised if you had some really polished beautiful answer but I can't wait to hear it okay. <laughs> so uh, one thing I want to know is um, what sort of things do you do outside of work to keep your creative mind and energy feeling fresh hmm. well I've started to sleep and rest more <laughs> that's so important um, I'm good. Yeah. glad you said that <laughs> Taking care of myself is like now my new passion, I guess. Um, Also reading. I love to read about animation history, obviously. And I read a lot about kind of how to stay productive, how to use your time here alive the best you can. Yeah. Um, I I read a lot of that kind of stuff in those articles. But I am also, I love to travel around Southern California. It's really beautiful around here. Oh, right, because you're from Chicago. Chicago. Well, I went to school in Chicago. I grew up in Southern Illinois. Oh, oh kind of oh. like off the Mississippi, Ohio area. Got it. Yeah, by the, the Ohio way, River. <laughs> by the way, when you said earlier, um, you mentioned Columbia. You were referring to the university, not the country. <laughs> no, no, I was <laughs> neither. Actually, uh, Columbia College, Chicago. Oh, that's okay. like the whole name, so that they, they don't get lumped in with Missouri's Columbia College or Columbia University. Right. Okay. I wish I went to Columbia University. Right, right. How ridiculous would that be? I'd probably be doing something higher creatively probably right now. Rocket science. Maybe. I don't know. Cool. Okay. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, um, but, so yeah, so you were saying, sorry that... Oh, it's okay. Um, I do a lot of random stuff. Uh, one reason I've decided to go down the writing path in the industry is because, like, the more I get away from my desk and go out and live, the more I have to write. Absolutely. And I know that's true for artists as well, but ultimately I communicate clearer and quicker through writing. So, and I'm a total nerd for, like, letters and words and, like, you know, put the comma in a d- different place and it means something else. It's mm-hmm. it's really amazing, you know? Yeah. But I'm learning to uh, embroidery, just random stuff. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I knew this would be a loaded question because <laughs> I know you and I know how much you do. Um, and I feel like even that list is pared down from all the stuff you used to do, which maybe you can file that under self-care like you talked about. Yeah, and I still do those things, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my last question then. Um, when thinking about your career um, up to this point, 
What do you think inspires you to bring passion to your job um, every day? Um, the desire to not hate my life, I would say, right? Mm. Like, okay, you yeah. have to show up, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. in general. <laughs> yeah. I think thinking about myself when I was five is obviously um, the better, more positive answer to give. Because, like, like, those characters were my friends. Like, every single day, every single week when I tuned in to watch, like, Looney Tunes, like, I was just like, what are they going to do today? They felt real. And now I get to contribute to making that real. Like, that's ridiculously awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and if you don't show up with passion, then why are you doing it? So, yeah, that always makes me think of um, a few episodes back now uh, when my buddy Derek Iverson came. Did you hear that episode? Mm-hmm. And he said something that just like blew my mind, and it's become my favorite saying ever since then. And he said it so casual, so throwaway, like because <laughs> he, he was just you know answering my question. But he said, "Do it because you can't not do it." Oh, I love that. Isn't that so great? Mm-hmm. It's so like, like, just like there it is. Like it's perfect um, without being flashy and yeah. Yeah, I love it. So it's so good. Yeah, I have to. So I have a saying that someone said kind of like that that I always think about. Bradley Bowen, who oh. is a producer, he was on yes. the podcast earlier. Um, he always said that my my best day out of animation is like wait my worst day in animation is still better than my best day out of animation oh that's good and i just like i loved when he said that i was like yes (laughs) because there's some really low days but there's some really ridiculously high days too yeah he was great full of great sayings i mean there are no animation emergencies i love that one i love that one (laughs) being his coordinator was probably one of the best like I don't know events of my professional life because like a lot of the other people I work with were just so like emergency everything's on fire and he's like as long as it's this week we're good you know yeah I love it he was so practical yeah I mean there's it's I don't think it's a mistake that something like for people who don't know or don't remember that episode um he was a uh, is was I guess was the line producer of Jake and the Neverland Pirates, which was a very largely successful show. Nobody can deny that. Mm-hmm. That comes with great leadership. I mean, you have to be uh, a certain type of leader and organizer, and you know, um, <laughs> I don't know. There's words I want to use, but I won't. But you have to be a ringleader in that sense right Uh and he does it so well that um it's not an accident that that show i mean there's more than just his work that makes it a success but it starts at the top right it starts with the head of the ship yeah um i I feel the same way on puppy dog pals like sean coyle like mm. our executive producer like he's such a nice guy and it kind of just oozes down Mm -hmm. into all the other roles like everyone's pretty happy to make him happy yeah which right, is really right. fun and it's not just like i don't want to lose my job if he doesn't like it like yeah. it's like when <laughs> yeah. sean laughs i just like my whole face lights up and i'm addicted to that feeling you yeah. know yeah that's great good stuff <laughs> all right this has been fantastic these are absolutely the best answers that I could have hoped for from you. Um, so thank you. But that's pretty much all the questions I have. So don't wind you. down yet, because I have a question <laughs> for you, Mr. Wimberly. Okay. 
So why do you do it? Like, why do you expend the energy outside of your wildly successful storyboarding day job <laughs> to do all this extra stuff? And like, be on the animation network kind of winding down. Like, that's obviously coming off your plate, but it's because you're replacing it with something bigger and bolder. But like, why do it? Yeah. Uh, boy, that... That is a loaded question. <laughs> Wasn't prepared for that. I'm glad you didn't let me wind down just yet. Um, why do I do it? I do it because I, I feel like, I, so the first thought that comes to my mind is the thing that I, I'm always finding myself telling other people, which is if you have a question or replace that with, if you feel some certain way, there's a hundred other people that have that same question or feel that same way. So if I can manage to figure out how to do it, then maybe I can turn around and explain it to somebody else so that they can figure out how to do it, which is the animation network, as you already know. But um, yeah, I mean, just like what you said, for me to start the animation network, it was for what I lovingly refer to as College Chris. It was the podcast I was looking for, but could never find something to supplement my education, not just tell me how cool somebody was when they first got into animation 50 years ago, when they could just walk into a studio, slap down their portfolio and prove that they could hold a pencil. And now, you know, they built some amazing career off of it because it doesn't work that way anymore. And it mm -hmm. hasn't for a very long time. Yeah. So being able to create these things that help other people, inspire them, give them direction, all that kind of stuff um, is what drives me um, as well. So I, I guess that's why I do it is um, and that and it's just fun. Like it's so fun. I, I feel like if I were to be completely honest with myself about what my strongest skill set is, you know, you very flatteringly said that I'm a wildly successful storyboard artist, <laughs> which may be a little too grand um, of, of a description, but I don't think that drawing is my strongest talent. I think my strongest talent is being a visionary, being able to see a bigger picture, being able to lead and guide people, being able to take information, deconstruct it or break it down and give it to somebody else in a very digestible way um, so that they can be able to use it effectively. Um, being able to uh, start with absolutely nothing blank slate and create a product out of it um whatever that is whether it's a this podcast or some other things that are going to be coming up down the line um all that kind of stuff so yeah i guess that's why i do it i do it because i can't not do it <laughs> <laughs> love it but also i have a second follow-up question oh great let's do it so your confidence <laughs> mm -hmm. like visionary is a huge word mm -hmm. like how do you bring the confidence to like be like i'm a visionary like out in the world um i think this is such a dynamic question with a very lame answer um bring it okay here it comes <laughs> um because i find the comedy in that response like telling people i'm a visionary because i agree with you it's such a <laughs> bold grand just i mean that's a kanye west response if i've ever heard one right mm -hmm. um 
so I think it's funny to say that because it paints a picture, right? It paints a picture in people's minds of what it is I'm trying to say. And that to me is exactly the point. That is me being a visionary is that I don't need to tell I don't need to sit here and brag to you. Here's my list of credentials to get you to understand what I believe I'm capable of doing. But if I use one single word, visionary, you now know that list of credentials without me having to walk you through it by the hand. Very right? interesting. So that's good branding. Thank you. Thank you. I, so it's funny when you talked earlier about um, you like language and you like writing and you like all that kind of stuff. I thought to myself that um, kind of in that grandiose way of being a visionary, um, I like to think of myself as kind of a wordsmith as well. Mm -hmm. Like the placement of words is so important. Like you can say something in one way, you can say the exact same sentence with different inflection uh, um, inflection on different words or rearrange the order. It means something completely different, you know. And I'm also very fascinated by that. So I've worked really hard for a long time since I was like a teenager figuring out how to be better with language and getting people to understand what I mean. And so a lot of times things come out just in regular conversation, not on this podcast, but in regular <laughs> conversation comes out very poetic and um, not because I'm trying to be highfalutin like that, but just because um, I want to make sure that the person understands what I'm trying to say. And so if I have to use a slightly more colorful way to explain it or describe it, then I will. Um, but I guess it depends on like the setting and the situation mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So it's not that I'm so confident in myself that I can throw out these terms all willy nilly to like, you know, yeah, prove that I'm some amazing godsend to animation or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's more about, uh, having people meet me at where it is, I'm, what it is I'm trying to explain. Yeah. No, I love that answer. Like, I don't Thank know, because it took a long time for me to accept that I was a creative, just like just mm. the blanket word, because sure. I had been like, I write and I draw and I also produce like I like all those things. <laughs> like yeah. creative just kind of like does the whole thing. But every time I say it, it's just like these little voices in my head, like, really, are you? So it's really good to uh, hear your yeah. reasoning and thought process because it's very practical and logical, you know? Thank you. Yeah. Well, like I said, I try to give it to people in a way that makes sense so it's digestible. And so I'm glad to hear that you received it that, that way because even though these answers are right on the spot, like I mean what I say. Mm -hmm. Like there's very seldom times where I say something that I didn't mean to say or whatever. Mm -hmm. We all have those bad days where you say something, you're like, ooh, that's not at all what I <laughs> meant to say or how yeah. somebody took it. But for the most part, you know, and Katie will back this up 100%. <laughs> I mean what I say. Like every single time I say something, mm -hmm. I mean what I say. Yeah. Um, I just have to be very careful of how I say it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does that, um, sorry to drag this on longer, but like. That's okay. This has become your podcast all of a sudden now. So I mean, I'm really good get, at uh, <laughs> asking questions. You'll, yeah. You can get more on the Ink and Paint Girls podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but do you, does this all play into like what you want to leave behind? Like in your life, like you pass away, like is this part oh the of big picture of like your legacy? Oh, okay. Do you think about those things? I do. I mean, I think, I think the people who are uh, nope, that's dangerous. I'm not going to say that. Um, 
that's what I say. I always mean what I say. Uh, <laughs> so let me say the right things. Um, in a nutshell, yes, I do think about those things because I think they're important to help dictate how to live your life today. Thinking about what am I going to feel like when I'm, who knows, hopefully 70, 80, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I do these things, I don't necessarily do them to be like yes i now have a podcast 100 episodes long that'll live on forever even if way after i'm gone because that doesn't mean people are gonna listen to it i don't (laughs) care about that but what i can say is yes i created something that affected people positively while it was going and that's good enough for me like that chunk of time is the bigger picture at the end not like the fact that it's not like being in history books it's about being in somebody's personal history book like oh I was able to as you know we've helped people get internships and get their first job in animation because of what we do with this animation network Mm -hmm. and so we've now made it into that person's personal his their journal their diary their personal history book Um, and that part is very very cool and I feel like you know, we talked about this earlier, since I feel like we did that, we accomplished that pretty, pretty healthily um, with this. That's why it's time to like put it down and move to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I really like working with you. Oh. It's because of that answer. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank <laughs> well, you. just you. And the answer was great. And kind of. <laughs> well, thank audience. you. Audience. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So I think I think we've tapped on everything now. So mm-hmm. um, once you talk about death, it's over. So <laughs> yeah, that is the end. You yeah. can't trump that. So um, all right. Well, thank you so much for being on the Animation Network podcast, and obviously, always thank you for everything <laughs> you you do with the newsletter. There's only a couple left, right? Mm-hmm. There's two left, I think. There's two left. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about the the delay. Yeah, yeah. a lot of personal stuff. <laughs> I know this. Even this podcast, everything is lagging a little bit, but. We'll finish it up nice. It'll it'll close out nice and tidy. But mm-hmm. everybody appreciates what you do, yeah. um, and no one more than me. So thank you. And thank you. please let me know if there's any way I can help you moving forward. Just ask me. It's I am not too busy for you. <laughs> Just let me know. I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the button. That's it. That's where we end. So that's great. All right, thank you so much, Cassie. Thank you. Thanks again so much for joining us this week. Again, there's only four episodes left. What will you do? Where will you go? I don't know, but don't worry. If you're still working your way through the archive, the podcast episodes will stay up on iTunes. And all of the episodes exist online at theanimationnetwork.org and also on Podbean, uh, which go all the way back to the very first episode because I know on iTunes it only gives you like the most recent uh, I think 20 episodes or something Um, and some of the other ones like uh, SoundCloud or whatever it only give you a handful of the episodes so if you want to hear them all just jump online and check them out Um, all right well as always whether this is your very first episode of the Animation Network or your 96th episode Thanks so much for tuning into and being part of the Animation Network.